Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warn Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Blood Guilt Sins of Tophet. This article is about the shedding of innocent blood. It is not an attempt to produce man's science on this. It is a biblical treatise on blood guilt and a warning for America and any nation that practices it. America's Second and Final Civil War There is a man's purpose and ideas he follows through on. Many purposes can fill a person's life. Yet in the end, we find God's purpose will be followed through. Night cometh, heralding end of days. The night comes and it heralds the end of days. It will be a time of deception and truth, and this will force you to make life-changing decisions. The following are the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Dunamis of Acts Classic Warn Radio Series Parts 1 through 7 and Dunamis of Acts Classic Warn Radio Series Parts 8 through 14. Acts Classic Warn Series Acts Classic Warn Radio is a 14-part series in two sections. We bring you the action as it continues heating up as the gospel goes forth in power. Ministers, prophets, and teachers were gathered together. Christian Persecution Classic Warren Radio Prophecy News This is one of our Classic Warren Radio shows from our archives and is made available in a new post to you. Be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. Everything was okay, or so they thought. A truth so unbelievable, it took a miracle to fight back. Don't miss The Rising. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. The Watchman wrote this book in 2019, even before COVID and all the rioting by BLM and Antifa started. And we didn't publish until 2021. <coughs> and you can get your copy of The Rising on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Google Play. And Google Play also has the ebook. And you can also get your copy of The Rising by going to Dana Glenn Smith. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. 
Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. And uh, today the sun was out. I hate to sound like a weatherman every time I introduce it, but uh, especially in the wintertime, when we get a sun and blue sky, that's something to celebrate. Yes, it is, especially as cold as it's been. Yeah, and we had a ton of snow. I spent all day shoveling it in between a few little odds and ends. We had a ton of snow, a lot of snow. It was a blizzard almost statewide. Well, I think this one was supposed to be over 14 or 18 states. Yeah, we talked about that last night. Yep. There's no doubt about that. And so, I for one, and I know Tower is for two, that we are glad it's done. Yes, we are. So at any rate, the rest of the world carried on. And we're here in another portion of Isaiah. Yeah, this is exciting. Tonight, on Battle Lines Thursday, is the Watchman's Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 162. Thy watchmen are on their posts, and they see eye to eye that the Lord has brought back Zion to its fullness. Today many groups fight over Jerusalem, all claiming it is theirs. They do so even as some deny the Messiah, the greater son of David. In Revelations, Jerusalem spiritually is known as Sodom and Egypt. It has been the scene of endless conflicts, wars which have over history made Jerusalem the subject of other faiths and beliefs. The day comes when the fighting will end and the peace along with the promises of redemption and eternity come into view forever to be there. The property of the Lord and his saints. The whole backdrop of this is written by Isaiah as he addresses the return of Israel from Babylon to Jerusalem. This leads up to a very important portion of Isaiah. And now back to you. Well, I'll tell you, when we talk about this title, Thy Watchmen. Now, I go by a watchman, singular. And uh, when I was first beginning many years ago, and God called me to this end time, and Tower was with me, the Lord said, Let the watchman declare what he seeth. Isaiah 21.6 and that was really a lot of the start of identifying and understanding exactly my role as I was to follow it. See, the watchmen are very important. Uh, you know, now in peacetime, you know, and you have the watchman up on the wall. You know, they still look out for stuff and and celebrate and do various things. But, you know, you can be a peaceful nation and all of a sudden the watchmen see uh, rolling dust in the horizon. And if it's a lot of dust, if it's just a little, then it's a rider. If it's a lot of dust, then it's an army and you have to be prepared. And if there's one city that had, you know, people standing on the walls watching out, it was Jerusalem. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that 
the Jews weren't even part of that at that time. This uh, and I'm and I'm addressing it, you know, pretty much after the Roman Empire. And you begin having towards the end of the Roman Empire and the expansion of the Muslim armies. You know, there there was a lot of fighting over Jerusalem. And so we are looking at that office of the watchman, but it's a particular office in this because of uh, where it is and what they're doing. And um, because when they, when they see it and they experience it, now, we begin in verse 7 of Isaiah 52. And, and when we read this, this is really identifying with many um, Gentile Christians and the end of days. Uh, how beautiful, or uh, in the Hebrew we look at how welcome is his arrival upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bring, bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And you know, there's a lot of thoughts here and a lot of things that are relative, especially as Christians. Because we look at Zion and Jerusalem as well. Uh, if you're a Christian born again and you know the Lord truly, then Jerusalem, and you know what Zion is. When the Messiah comes back in his fullness, as Yahshua said, that in Revelation, you know, he is the Almighty. And he's coming back. And if you have gone through or seen the tribulation and a lot of trouble, you're going to welcome the arrival of the Messiah. So, so the final, you know, the, the big thing that we look at is that arrival when when. And uh, the Messiah is supposed to come through the eastern gates. Uh, and, uh, and the Muslims, when they conquered Jerusalem one time, they actually uh, bricked up uh, the eastern gate because they knew about that prophecy. <laughs> but good tidings, publishing peace, good tidings of good. I mean, you can't have good tidings of bad. But they put this in here for the emphasis. Uh, to Zion thy God reigneth. And, and so you, you have that bringeth good tidings of good, which you have to, uh, you know, that bringeth good tidings of good. You can't bring good tidings of bad unless you're, unless you're the enemy wanting to destroy Jerusalem your good tidings of good would be bad because you want it to be destroyed. Uh, and the devil, you know, when the Lord comes back and takes over everything, including Jerusalem, and fulfills all this and heals it. Now, actually, Zechariah, the last chapter, even gives you more about, about some of this. Uh, and so you have... Uh, Good tidings of good. To the devil, it's, it's not good tidings of good. It's good tidings for somebody, but not for him, because he's, he's reaching his end. But it's good tidings of good. What is that good? That publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And why do they say, Thy God reigneth? Because for many, many years, the Lord, and this is, of course, we're taken out of Isaiah, we're looking at... The, uh, the you know Judah being in captivity for seventy years and they're returning, and so when you when you're beginning, you don't know how you're going to get back. And of course, Isaiah spends time uh, relaying that in his prophecy, and and God telling them that He will bring them back, and 
and it's we've already gone gone over a lot of that stuff but the thing of it is is that um it was kind of hard for them to really get this thing built it, it took some time and it took uh you know they had several different uh arrivals of of the jews there uh to begin to bring this thing together uh and and so scripture does have some of those other things as well in there and we're just looking right now we see the judah you know that are captive and babylon has fallen uh cyrus has done his work he tells the jews to leave and so you're you're not in zion yet and you can't even remember how to do all the law. So God sends uh, a priest with you uh, to make sure you will learn the law. Because he knows after 70 years, you have to learn all the finer points. You have to make, you know, refresh. Because you've got uh, um, your children that were born in, Zion, in uh, Babylon during those 70 years. And uh, so you have these Jews arriving and when they get to the top of the mountain the horizon where you look over Jerusalem then it begins to dawn on you that you're back and I remember seeing films of the Jews arriving in 1948 and they were arriving by boat and they got on the shore and they were celebrating their dance that they have. And it's so wonderful to watch them because they are so happy and joyous. And they're a naturally uh, dancing people. They, they rejoice and dance and have a good time. And they just looked like they were having the best time on earth. And, and they hadn't even got to Jerusalem yet. They were out on the shore. Just as soon as they got on, off the boat, man, they, as far as they were concerned, that's it. I can see Jerusalem. I'm there. And so they were jumping around, and they were really happy. See, you know, that's joy. And so when we look at it from a Christian standpoint, you know, we have to understand, you know, how joyous are you at the return of the Lord? Are you going to be joyous? You know, and, and that's going to be a big thing, you know. Or are we just going to stand around and do nothing? Or are we going to have any kind of a real celebration when you see the Lord? When the end, do you think we're just going to be taking up the rapture and not going to be happy? You think you're going to be riding in a big army and destroying all the wicked? You know, there's going to be time for you to feel a joy and a fullness of your redemption like you've never felt felt in your entire life. And, and I think that's the thing that you need to learn from from this and and the Jews even today the Jews have been in the land for some time and they're having trouble over there and they're going to have trouble uh, you know especially when we go through the tribulation and things um, there's going to be trouble and so their their fullness is yet to come but it's really interesting to watch this because this is them returning from the 70 years and uh, so to Zion thy God reigneth at that time the gospel had not yet arrived but the Jews uh, here in Judah was being restored rescued and saved from bondage in Babylon and of course later came, the gospel came and opened the redemptive atonement uh, through Christ Jesus death on the cross, cross and subsequent resurrection and so herein the gospel was sent to the entire world including the Jewish people. And uh, Albert Brooks, or, uh, you know, that uh, uh, he's a commentator and uh, a theologian, and he says this, the beholder is supposed to be standing amidst the ruins of the desolated city. The messenger is seen running on the distant hills. The long-anticipated herald announcing that these ruins are to rise at length. Seen on the distant hills running rapidly, he is a beautiful object. It is his feet, his running, his haste that attracts attention. An indication that he bears a message of joy 
that the nation is about to be restored. And, and I, don't, uh, I don't know if we as believers can really understand that. Um, you know, especially when you deal with, with the Jews and the things that they went through. But uh, when you see them coming into the land, some of those early videos of them uh, coming into Israel in 1948, you can see that same joy that Albert uh, Brooks talks about. Albert Barnes, excuse me. In Nahum, behold, upon the mountains of the feet of the joyful messenger, of him that announceth peace, celebrate, O Judah, thy festivals, perform thy vows, for no more shall pass through thee the wicked one. He is utterly cut off. Nahum 1.15 Now see that that's the basic same thing and and uh, but I like what Nahum says now see if you think about America and all the Christians we have here and you suddenly lose America for 70 years and you're cut off uh, how joyous would you be? Would you be able to bring America back? See, and this is the difference. America is not Israel. But see, God brought back the people after grievous sins. They spent 70 years, and God had to teach the people what they were to do. Uh, they had to rebuild what was destroyed. And you know there's a lot of things in there that they had to do but if and of course that didn't even didn't even last because the Roman Empire eventually took over the whole thing anyway and then of course the Roman Empire fell after it divided into two and Constantinople fell you know to the Muslims and uh, so you you have a lot of a lot of things going on. The Roman Church and, and of course, Rome, it pretty much continued to flourish, and, and it focused on uh, on Europe and a lot of that. Meanwhile, the Middle East was lost, uh, per, pretty much uh, to the Muslims. And of course, here we are in the end of days, and we're looking at all this. And I think that's that's one thing good about when we look at Isaiah and we see everything that's going on, that we understand a little more deeply, you know, what it's like. And living in America, you know, for all these years um, and being free, you know, I do not believe that we realize how blessed we really are. Yeah, true. I, I don't think that Americans can even fathom how happy the Jews were when they came back to that land in 48. Now, when I watch them today and see how divided they are and political and things, you know, I, I see a Judah that is headed for some issues and they they are having trouble over there. Netanyahu, Netanyahu is back in the in the lead, but the, there's a lot of issues that they want to do. So uh, they're going to have to work it out with their God. But it, it uh, by a long shot isn't Israel hasn't arrived yet. And Jeremiah one seven. Jeremiah was commissioned and would speak what the Lord said to speak. And the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For though thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. 
And so Jeremiah was, and of course there's a lot more to his commission and the things he was told to say. But uh, pretty much Jeremiah had a congregation that didn't want to listen to him. And, uh, he, and he had followers, but the overriding establishment uh, in the temple and in the political realm uh, fought against Jeremiah and rejected his message. And they even had prophets that, that rejected what he said. But see, the difference between Jeremiah the prophet and the other prophets, Jeremiah was a true prophet. And that's where I wrote an article sometime, uh, The Lion and the Prophet. And that's where the lion ate the prophet because uh, he said things about Jeremiah and interrupted when Jeremiah was talking. And uh, uh, the Lord told him to uh, speak a word to him. And uh, he ended up getting eaten by a lion, and then I mean killed by a lion, and the lion laid down beside him to show that the lion didn't kill him to eat him, but it was judgment. And so th this is some of the power that when we're talking about prophets that, uh, you know, uh, brings the word out, you know, be careful how you approach a true prophet. And I'm talking the old Jewish prophets. And when you go see a prophet, you always take an offering, some kind of a gift. <clears throat> so Jeremiah started right out, and of course, being a kid, well, how do you expect me to do anything? But look at what Moses, uh, Moses was the same way uh, in, in respect when he, when he was called at the burning bush. Well, you know, I'm not able to speak and all this other stuff. But Moses ended up uh, going along with Aaron. So uh, in Jeremiah 7, 25 and 26. And uh, now see, this, this is the difference now. Remember, Jeremiah is a prophet. But when we talk of prophets, we, we also call them watchmen. The, the, there's a word we can use. They're watchmen prophets, uh, you know. Uh, there's watchmen on the walls. And uh, when we began this, we were talking about the watchmen. These were the ones up on the walls. Now what Jeremiah, as, as a prophet, is doing, and also watches, is watching the whole of Israel and trying to tell them that they need to repent. They didn't want to listen. And, of course, uh, they had, you know, uh, started... I think it was uh, Samia started the, the school of the prophets. And, uh, of course, now we're at Jeremiah. And the prophets were still around. But God was raising, raised Jeremiah up. And, uh, <laughs> and like it says in the New Testament, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. They didn't listen to him. They stoned him. And uh, so if you were elected, at, if God calls you as a prophet, um, then that's not one of those jobs, you know, like we do in America. You know, I'm, I'm the head pastor of this huge church and there's a lot of status and glory. Well, if you're one of the, you know, we, like for instance, I, I think a lot of Jeremiah's book, I, I respect the guy as a prophet and, and I think it was great, but to be honest with you, Jeremiah wanted to get out of that after a while because it, it was just, it, it was hard. They, you know, they didn't want to listen. You know, he was always fighting him, <laughs> but he stuck with it. And, and, and this, these are the things that you have to understand. We in America are spoiled rotten in our churches, whether you want to admit it or not. And... And of course, we, you know, in America, we've been blessed. And God blessed us, and that's the way it is, you know. <laughs> and so, as Christians in America, we have to watch our heart and everything we do. Because it's so easy in, in, in a society like this to get bent around the corner uh, where you shouldn't be going, you know. And so... Uh, in Jeremiah 7, 25 and 26, he says, Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day. And this was the day that Jeremiah was, uh, he was sending this to Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. I have even sent unto you 
all my servants of prophets. Now he's speaking to Israel, but he's giving this to Jeremiah, and that's how Jeremiah is relaying it. And uh, I have even sent unto you all my servants the prophets daily rising up early and sending them. In other words, if, if and Israel did do that, uh, you know, well, you haven't warned us. You didn't speak up. You didn't do anything. But he did. He sent the prophets. And that's one of the things about the Old Testament and the prophets. You know, God maintains that he, he sent them early. He tried to warn Judah. He tried to get them to turn around. They wouldn't do it. And when I think about sending prophets to go warn Judah, do you know who I think of? Well, I, I, I think of a lot of the old preachers and a lot of the old revivals we had. And uh, one of the ones that, that I knew, uh, Tower and I worked on one of his crusades when he came to our city, and that was David Wilkerson. Uh, and many times people uh, would get mad at him for the things that he would prophesy, and he wrote books to warn America. But he's not the only one. And, uh, um, and, and so you can go back and find him. There was a lot of them that tried to warn America, and that's one thing America or any nation don't like. They, they don't like those prophets. They don't like the preachers that warn you. And... Uh, you know, we're doing fine, you know, because they equate their being okay with, you know, well, we've got a good, uh, you know, we're paying our bills. We've got a lot of people in the church, and they're coming every Sunday and Wednesday or whenever they do. You know, our society is okay, you know, and, and that's how they equate it with the success. And, well, we've got a big edifice, you know, and you've got golden crosses, and your seats have cushions on them, and the floor is always swept, and you got everything. You know, that that's our style of church. And uh, yet America doesn't want to hear from them. And he says, Yet they hearken not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck, and they did worse than their fathers. So this this latest bunch that Jeremiah's uh, hearing about did worse than, than their forefathers did. <laughs> and so, you know, that's how, you know, Israel, or Judah rather, wound up 70 years in Babylon. And even coming back, <clears throat> Herod's temple was eventually destroyed. And they haven't had a temple since. And, uh, you know, when, when Yahshua came, uh, they even rejected him. He was despised and rejected of men. That, that is the prophecy concerning him. He was a man of sorrows. And we're going to go through some of these things in these uh, some of these passages because we're coming up to an important part that relays to you the suffering servant, the Messiah, who Yahshua was, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And uh, so it, it's very uh, important to understand all this. Uh, and, you know, God tried to warn America. And uh, we've been warning for 25 years. We're in the 25th year now, but we were run, warning people, talking to people about it earlier than that. But see, people don't listen. People don't want to hear it. And now everybody's excited about these big um, revivals. And, you know, while revivals, I'm glad to see a revival. But you need to understand something. Unless the revivals bring out holiness in the people and bring out a true repentance, then it isn't going to save America. And you have to understand that. And there is going to be revivals. But to have a nationwide revival like we need in order to save America... There's only one example in the entire Bible, and that is Nineveh's repentance. And we need to be serious. And we need to take it serious. And, and it's not just standing up all day rejoicing and sitting around in the presence of the Lord. 
while those things are fine, you know, a true revival is really turning from those sins, wailing and appealing to God to forgive people. And, it, well, if you get into uh, what James was talking about, too, you know, he talked about that. And then, of course, you know, when we when we talk about the, you know, the, our Messiah who came, our Savior, and then, of course, Paul got saved, you know, our witnesses today, you know, as a Gentile, you know, the apostles were all Jews. And the Jews required a sign. Every one of those apostles of the Lord saw his miracles. And and it just wasn't him talking, but it was something that he did. And even John, when he closed his books, you know, he closed the book of John. You know, he finished writing it. And he says right in there, he says, there was so much that Jesus did, Yahshua did, that is not written down. And he said, I suppose that, uh, you know, if it were written down, all the volumes that would ever been written wouldn't be enough to contain what he had done. Um, and, of course, you know, th- this is the backdrop. You know, this is the other story when we, when we talk about this, is that, yes, Judah's coming back, but guess what? Judah had to come back to the land because there's prophecies that had to be fulfilled for the Messiah. And Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now Paul adapted the very scripture that we started out with. And so this is, this is important for you to get what Paul is saying when we're talking about this. And verse 16, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, as Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so these are all things. You know, how, the, how are you going to preach? Uh, herein, that means uh, to proclaim the gospel. Uh, you know, they got to be sent, anointed, and sent by the Lord. And so now we go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah's call, anointing, and judgment. You can find that in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 19, pretty much the first chapter of Jeremiah. But I like this because it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, You know, he directly heard from the Lord. And and that's one of the things, you know, even when we talk about apostles, the apostles are the ones that directly saw the Lord. They were with him. Um, even the Apostle Paul, who was one of the later apostles, had seen the Lord, you know, when the Lord appeared to him. And so th- this is important that, and Peter reminds us even in, you know, in his epistles, you know, that, uh, you know, these these weren't just some tales that we were following, but we witnessed his glory. You know, I mean... These guys knew who the Lord was. They experienced heaven. They saw his glory. They saw miraculous things that, well, they didn't see anything. I mean, even when the Lord was walking there and the miracles he did, those, those Jews, you know, in, uh, in the temple there, you know, they hadn't seen miracles like that probably forever. The last time you saw miracles like that was when you go back to Moses and when they were getting out of the out of Egypt you can get into uh, uh, you know later on when we find uh, you know you had David being a king you had Solomon uh, you know you had uh, uh, so many of the others that were in there And we're talking prophets that, uh, like Samuel, 
you know, Elijah, Elisha. I mean, miraculous, unbelievable. They, the people could see that. But see, you follow Jerusalem, you follow Israel, and they fell away. And they were still doing what they were doing, but they were doing a lot more than they should have because they were corrupting themselves. The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah 1.4. We talked about that. And he says, Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now see, that's, that's, a, real, that's a real Old Testament prophet there. And uh, and it's an amazing thing because they have to be even John the Baptist. You know, special call, all of it. And uh, then said I, Oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now we read that earlier, but the whole context is 19 verses. And so the thing I wanted to get to is verse 10. See, I have set this day, I see I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. To root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. And see, that that describes as a prophet, you know, he roots out. He pulls down principalities and powers. He roots out that sin and, and evil. And he will destroy the oppressors. He... he he is the one that comes into the battle prepared and anointed. And, and I can tell you for the Christian church, because, see, when the Lord came, he said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. So Christianity, you know, true uh, God-powered, Holy Spirit-powered uh, anointing will bring down principalities and powers. But what we see today, we see, you know, Christians by, I mean, it's the amount of Christians that are being persecuted and killed for their faith is, is very big, very high. And there's lots of principalities and powers, evil, wicked. But when Jeremiah was called, he was called specifically to his people. But he also spoke to the nations. And many of the Gentile nations, they, they would pay attention to a true Jewish prophet speaking. So at any rate, and he says uh, in verse 14, Then the Lord said unto me, Now see, remember... Jeremiah is one that was warning Judah uh, that they needed to repent. He was the one charged. Isaiah prophesied a lot of stuff uh, about what was coming concerning Judah going into uh, captivity and the coming judgment and even Babylon and the judgment on Babylon. Isaiah saw that long before it ever happened. And so he tells Jeremiah in this first chapter, he says, And then the Lord said to me, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. Now see, when we talk judgment in Old Testament terms, like with Jeremiah and Israel, this is not a judgment to make fun of. You keep your mouth shut and have a fear of God. And I've been warning people about judgment on America for a lot of years. And see, the thing of it is, America is haughty and proud. It has a big mouth that won't shut up. There's no fear of God. Well, I got news for you. God help us when judgment reaches us. 
and you're going to cry out for the mercy of God. But see, when the judgment comes, many are going to die. And we have so much wickedness going on here. It's just unparalleled. So uh, the Lord, and see, the way, way it is, you, you take a look at America today and you think about judgment. And you're never, you know, the judgment on Mystery Babylon, that's the one we look at too, um, in Revelation, is unparalleled. It's like an Old Testament judgment. And it is so terrible that the nations who used to do business with her are weeping because they had made so much money with Babylon. But they move away for fear because of the judgment. It was so terrible. But see, judgment's going to come on the nations. Mystery Babylon is just one of the ones getting destroyed. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord, and they shall come. And they shall set every one his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me, who have burnt incense unto other gods, and worship the works of their own hands. Now therefore... Now this is, he's talking to Jeremiah now. And he was talking before, but he's personally telling Jeremiah what to do. Gird up thy loins and arise and speak to them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. Because they're going to rise up and they're going to, you know, say things and they're going to spit on him. They're going to do every kind of things. You are to be stalwart. You're to be solid. You you don't even look to the left or the right. You you gird up your loins like you're in a battle. You stand your ground and you speak to them. Because this is God actually offering grace and mercy to a people. Now if they would have truly repented here, things would have changed. But they didn't. For behold, and now he's talking to Jeremiah, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar and brazen wall against the whole of the land, against the kings of Judah and against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof and against the people. Now that encompasses everybody. The priests. And when he says priests, we also are talking about the prophets. And against the people of the land, that's the common people, the kings, the princes, the ones that that help the kings to reign. And of course, the kings and the princes, the political part, they're all the ones that, that have the money and think they're doing fine. And of course, it's just like in America today, our problems are in the political realm. And the political realm has affected uh, the public realm. And we have allowed people to corrupt our children for for many generations and they shall fight against thee says but they shall not prevail against thee for I am with thee saith the Lord to deliver thee now see there's two prophets coming when uh, the tribulation is in its fullness and they're going to be there for a long time they're going to eventually get killed and most Christians know this but the thing of it is, is they will be able to withstand anybody that comes against them, including fire coming out of their mouth. Now see, I believe in the literal interpretation of this, and I believe literally the fire will come out. Because when we start talking about the judgments of and, and true prophets, they do supernatural things like you've never seen. And so we see that call. We see that effort of God. And Jeremiah got the job done. He told them. But they still didn't believe it. They got tired of listening to him. <laughs> now in Isaiah 52, 8, let me look and see how long that is. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice. 
With the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. I, I, I have always loved this verse, because when you think of the coming of the Lord, see, you wait for the coming of the Lord. You wait and you watch. Now see, these watchmen are watching for the Lord to bring back the fullness and the blessing to Zion because the judgment has stricken the city and of course Zion is the um, the name for Jerusalem and, and it's a name for uh, you know that one thing that's all the hope to the people just as gold is you know lusted upon by the souls of men when we talk about Zion and they're not lusting per se like you do for gold in an evil way but they are so hungry to see the Lord bring back Zion and fulfill it and heal the land and heal the people. It's just like, you know, God, is there any way we can heal America today? And he says, yes, there is. And he tells you what it is. And go speak to the people. And so there's this nugget out there and it represents everything because you want it, you don't want to see this country destroyed and and you keep looking at it you keep waiting and it never comes but see for the children of Israel Zion is going to come back and the watchman on the wall he beholds what the Lord has done to Zion in judgment and captivity Yet the servant on the wall rejoices to see that Zion, broken down, facing judgment, is being restored. You see, the captives are coming back to rebuild Jerusalem. They're not captives anymore. The judgment's over. God's favor and grace has redeemed his people from Babylon. And you might think, well, they don't have God's grace and favor in the Old Testament. They sure do. And, you know, just like they have... A redemption in the Old Testament. You had true believers. God was always redeeming his people. Even amidst sin and iniquity, God brought them back. And see, the thing that we see here is that as we look at this, it's not just for the Jews coming back from Babylon. This represents all the captives, all the Jews in all time. Even the future Israel. Even Israel today. It's even pertinent for Christians today. Because God's favor and grace and his redemption has now been made available through Yahshua, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, the Almighty He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Passover Lamb. And in Revelation, he calls himself the Almighty. And so we see God's favor shown, not just to the Jews that are coming back now from Babylon, but as to those for the future. The Jews now. God is able to grant them favor and grace and wake them up. And see, and, and like I said before, it encompasses the grace and favor that the Lord has shown the Gentiles through the blood of the covenant. The cross that Christ bore upon and was dead, buried, and resurrection, the redemption of all who will call upon the name of the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. All of that is related here. 
they shall see eye to eye, for with their own eyes shall they behold Jerusalem rebuilt. The, the captives are out of Babylon. They will rebuild the city with the blessing of their God. The Jews will be able to behold the Messiah, who is the Christ, the Son of God. Gentiles will behold the coming of the Lord. And they shall see eye to eye. With their own eyes they will see for the first time. And behold the Messiah in all of his glory coming back. That is the hope we talk about here. That is the hope that the Jews were were brought back to. And even today they look for that hope. And as Christians, hopeth, hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. God expects Christians to hope and to understand the truth because we know the truth. And so this is the prophetic portion of Isaiah. It's, it's all prophetic, but this is this is one of those things that you know, if you just say so what, you've missed the point. This is, it's not deep understanding. For some it may be. But it is deep in realizing that this God, that so many, including the Jews, have never seen will see him. Christians will see him. They will walk with him. Just like the apostles walked with him. That is the hope of which we speak tonight. As we follow Isaiah bringing this truth to the Jews, to Judah. And they're reading this before it ever happened. He's letting them know everything. But they didn't listen to Isaiah. They didn't listen to Jeremiah because he was appointed the chief spokesman. for the Lord. Father, we thank you for this word. We bless you for providing this word today. Bless your people and in Jesus name, I bind you Satan in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching and receiving of this word in Jesus name. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. Boy, that went fast. It did. It's exciting. Can hardly wait. Especially as the evil ramps up worse and worse we look more we look forward more to the coming of the lord well you know you wind up talking about the evil and how evil it is and it just gets worse it gets tiring it wears it vexes your soul it does that's why we got to keep our eyes on the lord he is our hope that's right and our joy yeah So, at any rate, I appreciate this portion of Isaiah. Yes. I do, too. I like it. Well, we've got to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. It's always a pleasure to have you here. We love hearing from you. And we hope all is well with each and every one of you. Stay safe. Keep your eyes on the Lord. May he fill your heart with joy and peace and love and hope. We love you and pray for you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go to our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows, read the articles. In Jesus' name, until next time, shalom, everybody.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.